Hi, I'm Derek. I'm the founder and owner of Catch-22 Peer Support. Catch-22 Peer Support is passionate about empowering veterans to live the life they choose to live, using proactive outreach, advocating, and, direct, and continuous support. Catch-22 Peer Support seeks to address and reduce veteran suicide. One veteran, one hero, one life at a time. To do this, Catch-22 Peer Support has collaborated with other veteran organizations that share the same vision, combat the veteran suicide crisis. Our collaboration is called Save Vets. We are a collective body of organizations that have established a collaboration in accordance with the Presidential Executive Order 13861, the President's Roadmap to Empower Veterans and End a National Tragedy of Suicide, also known as the Prevents Directive. Raising veteran suicide and mental health awareness through continued collaboration and comprehensive strategies. Tonight, um, I have the distinct honor of uh, speaking with uh, a local author, Philip Lee. And uh, welcome, Philip. Thank you so much for agreeing to, to talk with me. And uh, we look forward for, to hearing from you. Hello, I'm Derek. I'm the founder and owner of Catch-22 Peer Support. Catch-22 Peer Support is passionate about empowering veterans to live the life they choose. Using proactive outreach, advocating, and continuous support, Catch-22 Peer Support seeks to address and reduce veteran suicide, one veteran, one hero, one life at a time. Catch-22 Peer Support has collaborated with other veteran organizations that share the same vision, combat the veteran suicide crisis. Our collaboration is called Save Vets. You can find us on Facebook and we have a webpage. Save Vets is a collective body of organizations that have established a collaboration in accordance with the Presidential Executive Order 13861, the President's Roadmap to Empower Veterans and End a National Tragedy of Suicide, also known as the Prevents Directive. Our organization consists of Dress Right Dress, Victory for Veterans, Arabian Rescue Therapy, Operation Until There's None, and of course, Catch-22. Look us up on Facebook, uh, leave us a message, drop in and say hi. We'd love to hear from you. Tonight, I have the distinctive honor of uh, being able to have a conversation with local author, Philip Lee. Philip is an Army veteran, and uh, like I said, he is an author. And we're going to discuss his book, Base Defense, and uh, other projects that he has in the works. So I hope you'll join us in uh, welcoming Philip Lee. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, join me in welcoming Philip Lee, author and Army veteran. Philip, thanks for uh, coming by and uh, uh, on this interview. And 
you uh, go ahead and uh, introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about yourself, sir? Uh, absolutely. Uh, first of all, I want to say, Derek, and to all the Catch-22 fans, uh, really great, uh, I really uh, greatly appreciate this opportunity to talk about face defense today. Um, by the way, this is my first official podcast, so so yeah, just just please go easy on me. Don't don't put me in the corner if I mess up. All right, please. <laughs> You'll be fine. <laughs> now, um, you asked to you asked me to mention a, a few things about myself. Yes. Uh, well. Um, I have uh, over 20 years in the military uh, where I retired in 2012. Uh, during that time, I was deployed uh, four times. Um, you know, just like many other veterans who uh, have to face combat, um, and I was subjected to some traumatic events, which in turn uh, uh, developed PTSD. Um, now, j just for the record, um, no, uh, PTSD can happen to any person. It doesn't have, you don't have to be a veteran. Uh, it, it can occur from traffic accidents or other trauma, traumatic events. So I just want to make sure that's on record. Um, but anyway, uh, I found that, uh, well, one of the, you, biggest challenges I had was trying to find, uh, trying to, trying to find hope, um, and, you know, going about the recovery. Uh, and, but so I, I was able to find that hope and, you know, I, I promised myself that once I, you know, I got back on my feet, I would go back and try to help the others who, who were facing similar challenges. And, once I realized uh, that face defense had an opportunity to help other people like me, um, that that was for for sure my uh, my cue uh, to get face defense published. <clears throat> awesome! From one veteran to another, thank you for your service, Philip, and we really appreciate you. Uh, we really do. So uh, thank you. you as well. Thank you. So um, my next question is, when you retired from the Army, what was the transition from military to, civ to civilian life like for you? Yes, uh, that, that is a good question. Uh, when, you know, we, as we look at in in industry, the economy, um, business in general, uh, there's, there's just no way we can rule out, rule out leadership. Uh, so I found that for me, it was a very difficult uh, change that I, that I had to take on. Um, we, we know that in the military, for the most part, it's a 50-50 based uh, carrot stick, uh, so to speak type of leadership um, as what I would, I would prefer to is more hardcore. Um, uh, however, 
we see in civilian type of work um, that um, a more appropriate type of leadership for, for civilian type uh, organizations, uh, especially nonprofit, uh, where we're looking at 80-20, uh, 80% uh, carrot, 20% uh, stick, uh, if not more. Um, uh, I've, I've, from my experience as being a leader in, in different aspects of my life, um, I, I usually got more response when, you know, my team would, could see that, you know, there, there was uh, incentive, you know, and there was, there was room to, go, to grow. I, I certainly want to highlight um, uh, servant leadership, uh, which, which is more like 95% carrot and 5% stick. Okay. Uh, definitely, uh, one of my, my, it's my most favorite leadership style and I've, I've been studying it for a while and it's, it's, it's very humbling. Uh, so, uh, not to, not to take away too much from face defense of our scope today, but, uh, but for the record, I did write about servant leadership in the book. So. Great. Yeah, you, you touched on some good points there. Uh, civilian employers uh, that are seeking to hire veterans should look at the skills that those veterans pick up during their service. A lot of discipline, a lot of safety, you know, all the different things that we learn in the military. And uh, there has to be, there's some stigma out there that veterans who get out of the military and seek civilian employment um, are all suffering from PTSD, they have anger issues and all that. So those things need to be addressed and, and looked at with civilian employers. So, but uh, your servant leadership uh, statement is certainly rings true. So, thank, thank you. Yeah. Um, so the next question that uh, we wanted to discuss is, is there anything that can be done to help service members make the transition a little bit better or easier for them? Um, yes, but first let me expand on that question. Uh, let's also include uh, leaders, okay? Um, okay? Because it, it's a team, all right? We, we need to look at a team focus. Um, you know, I, like I said earlier, I or tried to implicate earlier, um, a, a, a team member is, is going to be more likely to be able to, to get the job done in an effective manner if they have the tools, the training, and the equipment in place, and keyword training. Uh, so my suggestion is for, for both military veterans and for employers and, and leaders to take training. Uh, leaders take sensitive sensitivity training, so to speak, uh, so that they would know what symptoms and, and signs to look for. So that uh, so that way there uh, there's not a label. Okay, we don't need to be labeling people, but we need to look at the symptoms so we can know how to deal with these with with people uh, with uh, the symptoms that uh, may or may not come to light. Uh, assuming that someone's going to be angry before we hire them, you know, that's that I would say that would be a bit presumptuous. Um, 
I mean, I, I find that veterans uh, usually have a longer tenure and are more de- dedicated to the job and, and to, the, to the mission of, 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 the, of the company or organization that they're working for. So on both sides of the house, uh, let me try to sum this up, on both sides of, of the house, both team members and team leaders need to get, should, uh, I highly suggest getting continued edu- education so that they both know how to deal with the transition. Great. And uh, yeah, there, there are several places where uh, civilian employers that want to hire veterans can go to get uh, some military culture training. Um, one of them that comes to mind is Psych Armor. They could do that online and it's usually free. So good points there uh, about the leadership and, and everybody becoming involved to uh, make the transition easier. So that, that's great. Um, Next on the list, when we get to the meat and potatoes of this, what, <laughs> what was your motivation for uh, writing Face to Faints? And I'm going to hold up a copy, my autograph copy. Uh, well, it, it feels so weird to see it like that, but yeah. yeah I mean, it's, it's great. I, I remember the day that you, uh, you autographed that for me, and we talked about Clyde. Uh, it's a great book. Philip, tell us what were your, your, your motivation for writing this book? Yes, sir. Uh, I, I touched on that a little bit earlier. So I, I, want, I would want to try to put the audience in my shoes um, so I can try to get to that point. But these, these traumatic events that happened, not just to me, but to many others, they were things that I didn't even want to think about, much less write about. Um, however, I've always been a fan of writing and I, and I, I found a way to write about these things. And I realized that I had the, the control. Okay. Keyword control. I had the control. I could either share it with someone or I could just keep it to myself. But either way, I had a small outlet where I could document, um, these things that happened and and it was like a release it was like um letting out that extra gas when we open up a two liter soda or something or a coke um sorry coca-cola i didn't mean to make any infringement (laughs) but anyway um but yes hopefully that that makes sense um but like i said earlier the the key to this uh, the, the key of me wanting to release this story, um, to talk about my life and all my challenges, uh, was the fact that um, I wanted it to help other people. Um, there was there was some points in time where I was still in the writing phase, um, and I would address certain things in Facebook, just randomly address certain topics in Facebook, just you know, just to get a feel for. Um, you know, from, from, you know, my friends and, you know, it, there came times where a few friends reached out, reached out to me about, you know, because they needed help. You know, they saw what I was writing and, and you know, that, that made me realize that, okay, my, my story can really help people. It, it can help them, uh, you know, uh, change the negative stigma 
you know, you said, you mentioned earlier stigmas. And so those, those are the two main reasons uh, that I wrote and published FTF. For one, I want to help other people uh, who are struggling with, with uh, PTSD or any other uh, mental concerns, or mental health related issues. Um, two, uh, I, I want to help change the negative stigmas that society has about mental health. Uh, for example, you know, there's a certain taboo or um, unspoken law about, you know, people not wanting to go see a shrink because other people might think they're crazy. Well, you know what, it, it takes more strength to get help for a problem than just to let it keep growing and, and festering and getting worse. So, you know, and, and that, that's, that, that's just, that's just how I see it. And that's how, that's how I want society to see it. We, we need to see it as instead of closing doors, we need to open some doors. Okay. We, we need to um, embrace all of our, the parts of our community and, you know, you know, help people who are actually trying to get help, help them uh, see that there's nothing wrong with, with going in and trying to get a little bit of advice or help. Great. Yeah, and that, that's some really good, important information for anybody out there. You don't have to be a veteran, civilians, it, it doesn't matter. If you think you have a problem or you know you have a problem, reach out and get help. There's, it takes a lot of strength. It doesn't mean you're weak. Um, you're not going to be labeled as anything except a person that needs help. And please do uh, for people that hear this. Um, in face defense, uh, in, in your book, what chapter means the most for you personally? Uh, yeah, it's, it's funny. Um, I was, I was, I was thinking about the uh, the crop circles I made as a kid, but um, <laughs> uh, that would be my second favorite. Um, <clears throat> the uh, without doubt, uh, chapter nine which is both first and second edition. Uh, the title of that chapter is Phil versus Lee. Um, it's, you know, as I look at this from a different perspective, um, it, I, would, I would describe it as a lucha libre match. Just, just you know, I'm, that's not the first time I described it like that. Uh, so, so, so for some of the fans who've been looking at my descriptions and, and my other media formats, they might recognize what I'm saying right now, but um, it's seriously a lucha libre match when, you know, you're, you're, you, you're in that ring and you got about 20 other en enemies in there just, just after you all at the same time. Uh, so, um, at times that's that's kind of how i felt like i i just had so many challenges and so many changes and adjustments that i was i was trying to make and not sure where to start um but but through through prayer through support of my friends through mental mental health resources uh i was able to you know tackle these things one by one by one and 
um, I'm so thankful for everyone that was there for me, uh, like uh, Endeavors, Emergence, and MVPN, all the other agencies that were there uh, during my re the startup of my recovery phase. Because you know, I don't know where I'd be without them, but um, I'm so thankful for them uh, to them. Anyway, uh, but Phil versus Lee captures that fight it captures that war it it also i wanted it to also represent that you know we we, we have to keep getting stronger you know we, we can't just get in our car put on put it in cruise control and just and just drive all the time in cruise control you know we uh so to speak we, we need to keep um getting strong um so i i hope that that makes sense uh, to to the FTF fans that I've that that might be attending here today, especially. Uh, hopefully, they'll they'll see the pattern and what I'm what I'm trying to say. And for the new for the for the people who are not from, already familiar, um, please let Derek or myself know if you have any questions or concerns, um, and we we will definitely answer them uh, so you can get more familiar with FTF. Great. And, uh, you know, re in reading that chapter, reading the whole book, but in, in that chapter, uh, you talked a little bit about making roses to sell to make a little bit of extra money. And uh, I read that uh, and stuff got in my eyes. I don't know what it, what it was, but uh, when you gave the rose to an elderly lady and then you took some roses to uh, a hospice nursing home. It just says a lot about your character and what you're what you're trying to do. Um, it really really touched me, and uh, like I said, uh, I don't know, wind blew some sand in my eyes or something uh, when I read that. So uh, yeah, that just for your fans, for the Kiss Twenty Two fans, and for you, Derek. I want to. Um, I mentioned that. Um, my toughest battle, you know, it wasn't about wanting to recover. Um, it was about humility and, and finding hope and finding a way to give love without expecting anything in return. Um, yeah, it kind of breaks me up just thinking about it. Um, but yeah, it was, it was definitely, um, you know, of all the times I've been scared, um, I, you know, I don't want to say that word, but afraid or uh, anxious, you know, all the times overseas and all the battles I faced, you know, before going into that nursing home, uh, you, you know, I, I took a lot of courage um, to uh, do that because I, I knew what I was walking into. And um, But I'm so glad I did it uh, because, you know, many of those patients there were you know, told me that if I, if I hadn't come by, then, you know, no one else would have. And uh, it, was, it was just in moments of those enduring moments like that, I knew I was doing the right thing and I was making progress and, you know, I could focus on, you know, using love as energy instead of, instead of using anger. So, um, yeah. Which, which by the way, here's another exclusive. Um, 
for the fans who have already read Face Defense, you might notice I didn't write about anger. There was no Phil versus anger. Okay, um, that's that's still a work in progress. I've made so much progress, by the way. I'm, I'm very proud to say that you know I'm, I'm still working on it. Um, <laughs> please don't think I'm always angry. That's that's not the point. Uh, it's, it's not like that. Um, but yeah, I just, I just wanted to uh, open up and, and share that as as more appreciation to to the to you and your fans, uh, Catch Twenty Two fans, Derek. Well, thanks. Yeah, I, I can attest to that. I've met with Phil several times. I've never seen him angry. And, you know, when it comes to things, we are all a work in progress and we can always improve. So thanks, Phil. And thanks for those uh, Thank I, you, for the fans out there will, will love to, to read more about that when they buy your book. So um, the next question, if you have an opportunity to encourage the military veteran community to seek help, what would you tell them? Uh, yes, Derek, that's a very good question. Um, well, first of all, um, I wanna say the longer a person waits to seek recovery, whether it's self-help or through therapy provided through a peer or a therapist you know let's let's just I mean, regardless of where where we get help okay so here's what i'm trying to say the longer we wait the more pressure will build up or the uh, the harder the the recovery process is is going most likely going to become so if we do the math, and, we, and I know I'll, I'll talk about my case. Um, my first traumatic ex experience happened in 2005 while in the military. military. Um, and I, I, I bottled it all away. And because I had bottled it all away for so long, it totally changed everything in my life and in so many different ways. Um, so, you know, my, my heart goes out to my fellow veterans and any civilians who, who have suffered trauma, you know, my heart is on my sleeve. I, I'm, my arms are open. My voice is yours. What I'm telling you is, uh, please don't wait too long. You know, even if it's just talking to a friend, but please get help somewhere. Uh, there, there are organizations out there that offer peer, peer level support. There are there are groups within Facebook. Um, I know Catch Twenty Two is a great play is a great resource. Uh, so please, uh, uh, I, I my my encouragement is to you know open those doors and look for help. If you know someone who's struggling, you know, look for help. Okay. Um. <clears throat> Thank you. Yes, sir. What are your thoughts about what is being done to make people aware of the suicide crisis that we're facing? 
Um, I know that this question is in the heart of your hearts, Derek. And, um, you know, I got to say, I'm not very impressed. Well, right now, um, I mean, I know that we got coronavirus at bay. Um, and our society is hot, trying to deal with those punches. And, and right now, we also got the presidential election coming up. Um, I, I have not seen very much of a focus on on suicide prevention. Um, so, you know, you know, in one of our recent conversations, you told me how many days has elapsed since a a law was passed, but not much has been done about it. And, um, you know, that frustrates me because the daily average uh, for veteran suicides is in the 20s, if I'm not mistaken, right? So um, what in, in, in Derek's book, in my book, um, and any other NPO, we're going to tell you anything above zero is just too many so you know we we need to we need to jump on somebody's desk to you know get some get this cooking um is there anything you would like to say in general to any of our listeners and fans uh yes absolutely <laughs> i'm i'm uh i'm pretty excited about what i'm about to tell everyone um, we, if, if, uh, the audience gets a chance to read FTF first or second edition, we know that we, you, uh, you would know that there's a face defense two that was mentioned. Now, face defense two is a, is meant to be a collection of stories of many other veterans. And in my heart of hearts, I don't believe uh, any credit uh, or monetary gain is due or to me, you know, I, I cannot accept writing about someone else's story and then accepting the credit. Now, I, 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 I can't do that. You know, I, I want FTF2 to belong to all veterans. Um, so with that, um, I have, uh, some time ago, I offered FTF2 to Derek's organization. Um, so that way it would have a chance to, to serve other veterans and where they would also be, have a right or a chance to write under the FTF2 title as a collaborative story um, or a, collab a collaborative book. So um, it would be our voices helping other people who, who need it. Um, so, so ladies and gentlemen, uh, it's my pleasure and great honor to announce that FTF2 is property of Catch-22. And that's where it belongs. Well, thank you. Thank you for that. And I pray that we will honor the legacy that you have started. And uh, all you listeners out there, feel free to contact us. And if you want to be included in, in any upcoming 
book that we, we published, please uh, contact us. Um, with that being said, tell people how they can get a copy of Face Defense. Absolutely, I'd like to do that. Um, there, I, there is a website um, that I somehow managed to uh, get established thanks to a really good close friend of mine. Um, uh, he uh, developed my website for me. Um, so Mr. Mr. Brian Whedon, I don't know if he's listening, but thank you so much for your help and your patience and putting up with me ranting and raving about a website that I couldn't build in the first place. But anyway, um, having that said, thank, thank you so much. Um, the, the, the website is mrphiliplee.com. Uh, so it's, it's my name with MR in front, of course. That, that's the website, and that's where the fans or the audience can order a copy of the ebook. Now, uh, the book is also available in paperback and an ebook on Amazon. Um, I I copied the the identification numbers that they can put in a browser, and uh, by using these by using these identification numbers, um, it will take the the uh, uh, the member of the audience will be able to, to go directly to that page where they can order the book from Amazon. Um, the, the cost of the paperback is $10, which is, by the way, is half price. Um, you know, I, I wanted to uh, respect uh, what's going on in our economy with, with COVID. So uh, instead of the $20 rate, um, you know, for ever since August, I've, I've, uh, I lowered the price to half price for, so it's it $10 for the paperback and about $3 for the ebook. Um, so the, the paperback, by the way, it's not currently available on the website just yet. Uh, we're, we're trying to clear out the first edition before we move on to uh, the second. So the, uh, I'm, I'm working on a special project for that. So, so please, please bear with me on that one. Uh, now, having said that, I do have three signed copies available of the first edition exclusively for um, uh, three members of uh, Catch-22 podcast here. Uh, we're gonna ask a few questions at the, end of, at the end of this segment and the first three people who correctly answer these questions, uh, Derek and I will send you a copy of the book. Uh, postage, postage paid, of course. Um, thank, thank you for that, Derek. And um, so we'll, we'll get to that here in a few minutes. All right. Um, recently, you did some chalk drawings on sidewalks throughout El Paso. Uh, what can you tell us about that? Uh, yes, sir. The, <laughs> it just, you think of it like uh, media. For example, a painter has paint and they have a canvas and um, writing is writing is a similar art. Um, paper is the canvas, and words are the colors. But with uh, what I call this, this is a new therapy. Uh, 
uh, our coping skill that I've been work doing for so you know a few months now. I call it chalking, um, C H A L K I N G, chalking. Instead of running, instead of walking, I'm chalking. Uh, it's it's one of my newest coping skills, and I, I really enjoy doing it. Um, my goal was, and still is, to encourage other people to share hope. So that's the focus of that. And I've done several projects where sometimes I leave pieces of chalk and, you know, I'll go back, you know, a few days later and I see other positive messages, you know, that other people have written because they got inspired. And so that's, that's what this is about. I, I want to, I want everyone that can, you know, as they see these drawings out there throughout the community, you know, to get inspired to, to help me uh, spread hope to others that are passing by. Uh, you know, we, we know that inspiration is, is contagious. And um, so let's, in, instead of spreading negativity, instead of spreading, uh, you know, racism or uh, hate or politics, you know, let, let's spread something positive. So that, that's what those drawings are about. Derek. Great. That was, it's a great thing to inspire other people and bring awareness. Thanks for that. Okay. So as we get ready to close this up, can you tell us about any upcoming projects? Uh, absolutely. Um, absolutely. I, I, <laughs> I'm uh, actually very excited. Um, with this next project that I'm already working on, by the way. Um, I'm hoping I can have it ready by Valentine's Day of 2021, if not sooner. Uh, it's going to follow the footsteps of FTF as far as formatting and structure. However, it's going to be a few steps away from, uh, from uh, PTSD, so to speak, where it's going to be a new topic. And, but once again, there's going to be some stigmas that I'm going to tackle. Uh, so, <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm just so excited. Um, uh, <clears throat> I do want to give you y'all at least one Easter egg. Um, if I may, um, see, let me read my notes here. Um, oh, just for the record, I'm I'm not going to mention this any any other other of my social media venues. So uh, I I just want the Catch Twenty Two fans to, you know, see how thankful I am to be here, and I'm trying to offer you guys uh, something really really exclusive here. But um, the next book is going to focus on romance, which which is uh, yes, yeah, quite the jump from it uh, from PTSD. However, there are so many stigmas out there that, you know, I want to help change. Um, so, uh, for example, um, sometimes uh, parts of society see romance in only one color. And I want to help change that perspective so that, you know, uh, as many people as, they, as possible can see it in many different colors. Um, so I, I hope you guys like that Easter egg. Great, thank you. Okay, I guess um, now it's time. The, the fans, I'm sure, want to 
answer these trivia questions. So, um, like we said earlier, uh, we'll read the question uh, and um, send us a message on Facebook. In uh, the first one with the correct answer to each question, we'll get a signed copy of Face Defense and we'll mail it to you, postage paid, or if you're in El Paso, maybe hand deliver it to you. Um, Philip, do you want to read the questions? Absolutely. Okay. I'm, just, I'm sorry, I'm just laughing. Okay. Uh, I was a little bit mean on this first one, sorry. Uh, a little bit of tough love, sorry. <clears throat> uh, the first question, um, what did the term contexico, excuse me, contexico, uh, K-E-N-T-E-X-I-C-O, contexico, what did the term contexico refer to? Uh, I'm not going to mention the chapter, uh, but let's let's see if there's some uh, FTF fans who have already read the book that might, or uh, or maybe they've read it online and they might know, and you know they can get another copy of the book or something. But uh, let's let's see if you know uh, somebody can figure that one out. Okay. The second question. All right. Uh, on these next two, I. I went a little bit easier. Uh, um, I, I included, the second question is, I included an emoji, uh, which is very rare for a book, by the way, but I included an emoji at the beginning of one of the chapters in FTF. Uh, so what I mean by emoji is like a smiley or uh, an, an advanced smiley, so to speak. Um, so does anyone know which chapter that was that has that emoji on it at the beginning of the chapter? All right. And the last question. All right. Um, this, this last one is certainly uh, one of my favorite humorous moments in the book. Um, in the funny moments chapter, um, I had a nightmare about a creature. Can anyone tell me which, what creature that was? Uh, it's very extremely funny. Once you guys read that part, see, see Derek's already laughing because he knows uh, quite, quite, quite the situation there that night. But <clears throat> all right. Well, great. So. Like we said, be the first one to answer one of those questions correctly, and we'll get you a, a signed copy of Face Defense by Philip Lee. All right. Well, folks, uh, thank you. Uh, thank you, Philip, for the time and for your insight and for writing. We really thank appreciate you, and uh, we'll talk again soon, and we'll get together and do other great things. Thank you, I, everybody. Thank you. I can't look forward to it, Derek. Thank you so much. Thank, thank you, Catch-22 fans. I really appreciate y'all having me here.